Hello, welcome to Same Cast Different Day Podcast. I am Martel Rowland. And I am Tina Marie. Yay, we're finally back uh, after three a three-month hiatus, I think. We are back with all new episodes. We're excited to be back. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that went on while we were away during the podcast. As you can see, Tina got her hair done. <laughs> I was trying to read the, mo- the, the words at the bottom of your... Um... Your name? Oh, that's just my uh, my uh, social media, so they can find me on my social media for the ones that are watching live. So, uh, before we get things started, y'all, I had a, a moment to uh, yes yesterday. Oh shit! So yesterday I had a moment. Okay. It was a senior citizen moment. So, you know, me and the coworker, we are working, we're talking, right? We're having this this conversation. And these two young girls walk in. So they walk in and I say, Merry Christmas. And then they just look at me. So I said it louder. I said, Merry Christmas. And I said it louder. And then they're going to turn look at me like, dang, anybody got to talk to y'all was having a conversation. We ain't got to speak to you. I said, well, damn. I said, ain't it customary when you walk into a room with somebody? Don't you say, hello, how you doing? Good morning, hello, something when you walk into a room with your elders. You don't just walk in and walk past and then mean love with a frown on your face. I don't understand what's wrong with these young folks walking around with a sour face all the time, face upside down and stuff. It ain't my fault that she was 15, 16, 17, sleeping around with all these people. Now, here you is, 20, 24, 22 years old with eight kids already. That's not my problem that you're angry in your life. You need to go fix your own life. It's not my problem that you're angry. You walk into a room with somebody, you smile, you say, hello, how you doing? And you and they, you wait for them to respond, you keep going about your business. I just don't understand what's wrong with these young folks these days. It pisses me off when they do that. Well, that escalated quickly. <laughs> you know, because so, I don't understand I, what, what it is when younger people like we were taught when you walk into somebody's house, you speak to whoever house it is, you speak, you say hello, how are you, or something when you walk into somebody's house. Were they walking into your house? Even you walk yeah. into a room, wherever you at, you know, you walk into a room and stuff. You walk even if you at work with your co-workers and stuff, you know, you know, don't nobody want to be there, but hell, at least say hello. Like when I walk in, it'd be people I don't even want to talk to. I don't like them, but I still say at least hello as I walk past. It's just common courtesy. We see each other more than we see our own family members. Say hello. Well, in their defense, you said Merry Christmas, so it probably caught them off guard. Everybody they don't see that as Merry- a greeting. I've been saying Merry Christmas since fucking June around that place. Everybody know when they see me, they say Merry Christmas. I'm just saying. That's just my person. That's what I'm just saying. Mm, okay. <laughs> Everybody know me there as the Christmas guy. So ain't no excuse. But anywho, now that I got that off my chest, uh, we're going to head into what we call news rounds. So here we Yay. go. Yay. So, Yay. so so those of you are not familiar, there was a um, um a shooting at a school um a few years. It was in Michigan, I believe it was last year the year before, but uh his name is Ethan Crumbly. If you don't know, he was the uh the, the guy who went to his to a school in Michigan and decided to do a shooting. Uh four students were killed uh at Ox- this was at Oxford High School. I'm sorry, Michigan. Uh 
four students was killed. Um, there was a lot more teachers and students that were injured. So he was sentenced to uh, life and life in prison without the possibility of parole. Now, this is the first time in American history that a student who went to a school and shot up the school basically killed his um, his classmates. This is the first time where they he, they have gotten life from pit prison without the possibility of parole. And this is also the first time where the parents was actually charged with their child for the murder that their children did. Why? If you don't remember, because his parents were the ones who went and bought him the gun. Um, also, the school had reached out to his parents and stated that, hey, your child is showing some some irregular behavior, you know, a certain type of behavior that's raising red flags. So all this was ignored by the uh, the parents. The parents went out, bought the gun, and the kid went back with the gun and decided to do what he did to uh, his uh, classmates. Terrible. So, <laughs> so I had one, what was your opinion on that? And do you, do you think that the parents should be rightfully charged with uh, along with their child? So how old was the person who did the shooting? Uh, 17, I believe. 16 or 17. So, of course, he can be tried as, tried as an adult for murder one, right? Because it's premeditated. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, um, yes. I feel like, yes, the parents should be charged. Um, I don't know if they would have charged, do you know what they were charged with? Like accessory negligence, uh, what they call that. Uh, I don't know. Uh, so it's the parents were charged with involuntary manslaughter. Okay, okay. So involuntary manslaughter, yes, I do. I do feel like they should have been charged, especially with what you said. Like you, for one, like was it like a hunting rifle or something? Because he can't legally, I thought, carry a handgun until is it 21? 18, no, 20, no, no. But 18, it was the, parents, the parents went and bought him a gun and gave it to him. Okay, so it was just like a regular pistol. I'm not sure what weapon was used, but it probably was an automatic weapon. Okay. I'm just saying that because I know in state, you know, when you get to a certain age, you can, a a minor can use a hunting rifle. They can hunt. Mm -hmm. So, yes, I do feel like, you know, if it wasn't, if the gun wasn't bought for hunting and that's not something they did as a family and they normally went and bought um a firearm and gave it to their child and then also ignore kind of like the outreaching of the the school staff yes they should have been charged absolutely 100 percent yeah because the school staff labeled it as troubling behavior yes yes that should have been addressed i feel like if they would have taken like if it was oh they had a gun in the house and you know the kid never exhibited certain behaviors the gun was locked up but for some reason like the child got the keys when the parents asleep you know yada 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 i could have kind of saw that viewpoint but for what you're telling me absolutely not they were very stupid very stupid and that's very unfortunate that that happened and um i'm not sure why that was the first time in history that um an active shooter was sent into sentenced to life in prison without parole. Well, Do you know, know why? Because 
uh, you know, I don't know because they had to get uh, sentenced to like a mental health facility. They say, well, they got to spend a certain amount of years on their men- in a mental health facility. Or a lot of these people, they just get 20, 25 years and then they get released out to the general public because I guess and because these kids are under the age, uh, somebody was trying to say that like they don't feel like he should have got charged with 25 years to life without the possibility of parole was because he hasn't fully mature yet and they guess i guess they basing it off of their maturity level whether i guess like like oh well maybe they might reach their maturity level in jail and then they get released in jail to just become another member of society or whatever i don't know that was i don't know what that whole case was with that i don't see it as that way because i feel like by the time you're 17 18 years old your maturity level should be at, you know uh, you're not supposed to shoot and kill people. This yeah, is not a word. You're not supposed to shoot and kill, right? So that's why I'm not, that's why I'm thinking like I don't think that's a good idea that you know mm-hmm. to say mm-hmm. well as an argument to use as in why these other people are not getting life in jail. Okay. So yeah, I uh, given based on the facts that you gave me, yes, I do feel like it's fair all the way around because you said he shot and killed four people. Yep, Shai killed four people and then he injured, uh, I don't know, Danny didn't list how many was injured, uh, but it was us teachers and students that actually got injured too. Yeah, that's sad. You know, and these school students just need to stop because why? Why do you want to go shoot up a, a group of innocent, well, unarmed people, period? You know, this is the school. It's supposed to be a place for learning, um, you know, which is by law. You have to be you have to go through school from at least up until the 12th grade. So now you're disrupting their learning. Now you're putting fear and PTSD, PTSD and the rest of the kids. Now, you know, they might not want to go to school Then you got nightmares. A clue. <laughs> a clue, baby. Then you know it's just the you a Torian, and then you got um teachers leaving school, then they don't have proper uh staff Torian. A clue. Yeah. So you don't have proper staff for the kids that are remaining, then you have trouble you know, getting other teachers to come in, like it's it's a vicious circle. So yeah, I think, you know, setting the precedent now, you know, they not playing, this is what's gonna happen. You think you gonna, you know, potentially, and you know, I'm always a mental health advocate, 100%, 100%, but just knowing the consequences of your actions, like you gotta go, like, even if they are locking these people up for life in a mental health facility mm-hmm. or something, like, just thinking that somebody can rehab, it's really hard for me to grasp the concept of somebody rehabbing from killing multiple people, which is why a lot of people that come home from the army have a hard time adjusting. Yeah, that is true. So why that do I- you think if a person is, in, you get what I'm saying? Like, no, and they were given the okay to kill legally in the military right. and they can't they can't even come, you know what I'm saying? It's very difficult for them to become a civilian again. So I don't know why they think if somebody served 25 years and they get out and they okay, like do look at the studies of your vets. 
that in the world would be a total different place. And I feel like so if somebody goes into jail at the age of sixteen years old and they get released twenty five years later, which they will be in their forties, I can't imagine what the world would be like then. Like for people who went into jail post technology like what it is today and then them coming out of jail now like they would not have a clue of how to survive in the modern world no they 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 couldn't it'd be hard for them to to go back in and i know a lot of persons have like rehabilitation programs that's what it's supposed to be about and i think it's wonderful but they need to understand and realize not everybody can be rehabilitated that's the thing you can't rehab everybody you just can't that is true. And then speaking from one person who need a doctor to another on the, on that note. So there was a woman down uh, in Atlanta. Her name was, La, I, said, I want to say Lanisha Chantrese Henderson. Oh, that is the most, you know what name. Uh, <laughs> but there is a video and i'm not i'm not going to play it on here but there is a video uh of this woman oh thanks best friend of mine how you doing um there's this video of this woman she was like throwing she had a can of gasoline and she owned the porch of the birth like the birthplace or whatever the house that martin luther king jr was born in i guess and raised in and she had a can of gasoline and she's like literally slinging gasoline all over the porch and she was um and was basically was about to set the house on fire didn't really give a reason to why she actually did it just was just randomly decided like oh i'm freaking get a gas can and set dr dr martin luther king house on fire <laughs> and she was being charged with attempted arson and interfering with the government property and interfering with government property is Dr. Martin Luther King's house in Atlanta is considered like a national park, which is ran by the government. It's why she's being charged with interfering with the government property. I can't figure out what level of crazy that this lady was on to decide, like, this was going to be a very good idea to go set Dr. Martin Luther King's house on fire and think nobody's going to see me or catch me doing this. What kind of drugs was she possibly on? You were a nurse, so you probably idea or did she just like just flip the fuck out for no reason <laughs> well it can be for a, num- a number of different reasons it could have just been her upbringing you know i don't know what her parents taught her about dr king you know so i look at that first and foremost before i think somebody's mindset is altered by drugs either prescribed or illicit drugs right so i really think that she should go under proper evaluation to determine kind of like what her trigger was or let any underlying um, medical condition that possibly could have caused it because people can become have like medication induced psychosis from medications Mm -hmm. that are that are prescribed right or it can just be illicit drugs you know and then they decide to go out here and do things that (laughs) make absolutely no sense and for me it is the why. So the obsession to the point where you felt like you needed to burn down Dr. King's house specifically. All these homes you had to go past to get to where you was going to go. And then you just out here and everybody see you 
Like clearly, it got to be cameras around. Like, and you know, so is it like? Is well, it? Somebody was house? passing by the house and they saw her doing it and started recording her and they went and grabbed her and held her, like pinned her down until the police got there. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it can't be she's against the government per se because there's plenty of government buildings that you could have did something like that to, right? So it just mm-hmm. giving me that she specifically wanted to go to that house and do that. So I can't really speak per se without you know, other proper information to say what possibly would have been the cause, but I can tell you 100% it, it don't make sense and it ain't right. <laughs> 100% because, you know, it could be a lot of things, or maybe she, her parents or grandparents knew Dr. King and they told a story and Dr. King did something to that, you know, just, right. you know, it can be, it can be any number of possibilities. But, um, I'm sorry, y'all. Hold on. That's Torian for you, everybody. So to move, uh, to move on from one, you know, crazy woman to another. So what do you think? I want to hear your take on on that. On her? Yeah. Yeah, I just think that she didn't. She wasn't properly diagnosed and needed some medication and. And properly listen to some type of propaganda that's out there that uh that Martin Luther King was the devil. So I have no idea. I'm just thinking it's just drugs, to be honest. Because I and then think about it by the name, you already know that this person is of of minorities. So it's like, why would you burn down something that's for basically there for your people or to teach the history about your people or what people? Your people has gone through in this world or in his life or whatever that is going on. Why would you want to do something like that? Is what I'm getting from that. And then speaking of another uh, person who I feel like is off their rocker. I don't know if you guys heard about the Senator George Santos. Santos. Oh, uh, Lord, we talked about him so much in the last season. (laughs) Oh, no, no. That was... um, Ron DeSanta, the Florida oh, okay. governor. Okay. So George Santa Woo, was kicked out of the uh, out of the Senate. He was a Republican. So there was this investigation that had happened the, with him, and basically he got kicked out. Um, he had accused one of his colleagues. He allegedly well, he went on stand and said that and told his colleague, "Aren't you accused of being a woman beater? while you up here trying to accuse me and stuff of being all these other things?" So. Upon this investigation of some of the things that he did, so he used, he spent campaign money. Uh, for one, he went to a Botox clinic and was getting Botox injections with campaign money. Uh, he spent uh, two to four thousand uh, dollars going to like re- uh, spas and stuff like that. He also was using the money to make uh, using small campaign funds, I should say spending it on OnlyFans, and he made it seem like, I just found out about OnlyFans two weeks ago, so I don't understand. You know, trying to make it seem like he wasn't using OnlyFans and all that other kind of stuff. Um, he also, you no, it was, he used the $46,000 at at these at the clothing stores, so he was buying, going to these, like, name band Prada stores and was spending campaign money on clothes. 
he did do the spa he did use the money to go on vacations um where they said he spent uh that was in 2020 it was 2022 alone when he spent four thousand dollars on vacations then he spent another four to six thousand dollars on product clothes on top of that so this is what he was kicked out of the house for what a sentence house so Oh, and he's allegedly uh, accused of, um, I, I don't know, I forgot the term that they use, but it's like he was trying to inflate his numbers on his campaign to make it seem like he had a whole bunch of donations. So he um, said he he made it seem like he took out a loan and donated, donated $100,000 to his own campaign, thinking he was going to get that money back, but he never really donated the money. So he's basically trying to inflate his um like numbers to make to get other donors to donate also. So he was just doing a whole bunch of backwards stuff and thing about it, and he was the was supposed to be like the first openly gay Senate person also. Which I think actually that's not true. Maybe he's the first male open because I could have sworn Tammy Baldwin up in Wisconsin was an open lesbian. But anyway, yeah. This man is a hot mess. Yes. <laughs> like what like Okay, so I got a question. Like, when you get campaign money, I know you can use it for trips, like going to and from, you know, places yeah, to campaign, like right? Advertising campaign. stuff like that. Like so now, staff. when you when you say clothing, can he buy a suit or two for these campaign rallies that he's going to? I don't think they're allowed to. Okay. So and of course, Botox be, is I think fire, it has to be used for actual like campaigning, like uh, like mm-hmm. like you said, going traveling from city to city, maybe renting out like venues and places to have rallies at, uh, paying you know people to go door to door, their know, hotel actually, where they're staying at while they're there, stuff like yeah, that. That's that kind of stuff, yeah. But it's not supposed okay. to be used for anything that's for like private use. That's specifically for you. No, you're not supposed to be using the money for that. That's wild, man. That's I just just people just be blowing it for other people. Like now, everybody's oh my god. So what if we get a really good candidate that stands for something, and people are skeptical to become donors? So that this person, you know, word of mouth and doing their campaigns and getting out here and this, and it becomes, it makes it difficult for some person that can actually make a difference because people are very leery when they hear things like this. I know, you know, they always ask you, do you want to donate to the such and such campaign? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I'd be like, man, <laughs> 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 I just... I just, I don't I mean, know, man. To be honest, like, the people, like, it's not like, you can't expect for somebody who makes, to me personally, who makes less than $40,000 to donate to a campaign in this day and age, because to be honest, making $40,000 is not a livable wage. And somebody had did a study um, where- 40000 ain't been a, li- a livable wage for a while, especially with people with kids. Exactly. So I remember somebody was doing this study. They were talking about they did some number crunching and all this other kind of stuff. And they were like, to a livable wage would be a person would have to make, I think he said like $160,000 in today's money to be able to live in today's economy. In which 
majority of America doesn't make one hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And one of the reasons why. And then another reason why we keep saying like they like America is in debt, you know, we don't have no money. And like just because you guys are not charging these large corporations their fair share in taxes. So how are these large companies are getting away with not paying a fair paying their fair share? A lot of these CEOs and stuff was like that are uh, buying stuff personally for them, but charging it as a company expense where it becomes a, a tax write-off instead of them having to pay taxes on there. So they can go buy like electric jet, yachts, houses, cars, whatever, and they can charge it under their business. And that way they don't have to pay taxes on these things. And, and that's what we are seeing a large number of people doing this. And yet, so, and then another, another thing that I heard was, so, they're like, well, it's cheaper to go after, you know, a person who makes $40,000 or $100,000 or less. It's cheaper for the government to go after them and collect the money than it is for them to go after a millionaire and collect the money. So that's why you don't see the government really going after these big businesses and millionaires. This is why they're going after the, the little people, because we can. it's easy for us to bully them into paying us money. Hmm. They better not tell that to too many people. They ain't gonna have no money. <laughs> so, and then that brings me to so like that brings me to so like the government is so concerned about money and and like I said, like they don't have the big companies paying their money. And then on top of that, I think they're just trying to get another bill approved. I don't know. I don't know if it went through yet. I didn't check. Uh, that they're trying to get uh, give Ukraine another what 60 billion american dollars to fight their war on top of you know we i think we were sending money over to israel for that war i'm like what the hell is y'all gonna do about the war in our own streets that's going on everybody keeps on saying well it'd be really bad for russia if it'd be really it'd be really bad for us if russia win this war I'm like, are you guys mad if Russia win this war because you we Russia gains control over a big oil source? Because I believe Russia is a Russia's no uh what's it called it like world market where it comes to like trading goods and all these other kinds of stuff. I believe they had they were like one of the heavy hitters when it comes to exporting oil. And with Ukraine now discovering this oil was like you know, does Ukraine get to um, is coming in on their market, their world market, their oil shares and stuff like that? So it's 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 all about money to me. Uh, I I guess it, uh, to me, I still look at it as you know, hey America, if you help us with this war, we're just going to provide provide you guys with cheap oil if we win this war. It probably isn't like that, but that's just kind of how I see it. So. The world is going to be in a perpetual state of war because that's just good for business for a lot wars, of different entities, right? Make wars create jobs. So, I mean, we just kind of stuck in that loophole. It ain't, we're not going to have the perfect garden of Eden ever just because greed, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm going to give you an example, all right? So medical example. So today I had the opportunity to talk to um, a 
drug rep for a medication that people are using for weight loss, but it was initially marketed and developed for people with type two diabetes, right? Um, and once people realize how much this drug can help people lose weight, they started buying it up, you know, um, and, and it caused was one of them. And they and it caused a shortage for people who actually needed the medication for a medical reason outside of obesity, right? So I was talking to the drug rep today, and you know, we were talking about getting coverage, you know, for our patients and stuff for people that really need it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and I felt like it's a great medication, you know, we saw a good response for it. Um has very little to no side effects, has cardiovascular benefits, has renal benefits like for your kidney, you know. So overall, just improving mortality, it reduces, you know, because it helps people lose weight, right? And mm -hmm. it manages the diabetes, right? Win-win, one medication, boom. You know what I'm saying? He told me today that our state was, he doesn't understand you know, it's really hard for people in this state to gain accessibility to that drug because our state decided to jack up the price for this medication out of pocket and and made it very inaccessible or too expensive for people who generally suffer from like type two diabetes to actually get the medication, right? So type two diabetes, you usually see a large population of African-Americans. So African-Americans mm -hmm. obese over 40, you know, things like that. That's generally, um, that's generally the, the group that you see this in. So it's like, you know, if you get prescribed it, you get a sample, you find out it works great. And then you get, you know, you go back and it's like your insurance doesn't cover. And then again, the majority of these people, um, I'm not going to say the majority, right? It's a large number of people that do get um, Medicaid and Medicare. Mm -hmm. And then Medicaid and Medicare make them do a step therapy. So you have to try this drug and fail it. You have to try this drug and fail it. You have to try this drug and fail it. You got to try this drug and fail it when you know that that one drug will help them and it's like the provider can't get it to that person because they got to try off of all these different drugs all these different side effects just to get that medication prescribed you know and i'm just like the wealthy have access to it like you said mm -hmm. right because they can afford it yeah. oprah admitted to it. using it she was, she admitted to she was on this whole weight loss thing she said that she used the drug to maintain losing the weight right so now what they have put because it was like a total like back order for months and months and months and months and months because they couldn't get it they wasn't making it and i feel like again supply versus demand right you making the drug seem you driving up the value of the drug because you have a high demand but a low supply right mm -hmm. so now like i asked my pharmacy and my pharmacy is supposed to be one of the have the lowest um cost in the city one month supply was almost five hundred dollars out of pocket that's crazy you know so it's like this is something that's a life-sustaining medication but because 
actually the side effect is weight loss it's considered a side effect okay mm -hmm. just like viagra was a blood pressure medication and the side effect was an erection so they marketed it so so i just kind of feel like um like you say just how they go after the little person right mm -hmm. okay it, and it's everywhere in our economy it's not just you know with taxation they they do it it's just a the big corporations hitting a little bit and it's like you charging all this money for this drug but then you skimping out on your own taxes like you said right and all these charge-offs blah 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 so you raking in all this money you know, I mm -hmm. see these drug reps come in, they driving all these luxury cars, they got on th these types of suits, they got these types of watches, and you're coming in in a neighborhood that's, you know, it's an FQAC, right? So we help the underserved, it's an underserved population. You coming in here, driving these luxury cars in this fancy suit with this Rolex on, and you telling me to tell my patients that, they have to do all of these drugs that we know not gonna work just because they're cheaper. Right. Yeah, make it make never, sense. It's never gonna make sense with the what what they're doing because all our what economy is based on capitalism, not socialism. And I feel like if our economy was based on socialism, then things would be a lot better and people would have access to better health care. Um, I, I will say Biden. I will say Biden did a good thing where he capped the cost of insulin. I believe that was him, right? Mm -hmm. So fantastic, absolutely. And then one thing I heard about luckily here was that they closed down a uh, children's hospital clinic on the north side so now it's forcing all the residents on the north side who are going to that children's hospital clinic now they all have to go divert and go on the south side now to the children's hospital clinic now so it's like just like how they was going to shut down st joe's and i said that's a terrible terrible decision because that's the only access to health care in the inner city besides going like far as a hospital Besides going downtown to Sinai Samaritan would be your only option far as healthcare, or you have to go all the way to the east side, which is down near the Wisconsin border of <laughs> Lake Michigan yeah. to, to get health care. Emergency health care if you can't make it out to uh the other major hospitals in the area. Yeah. Which would be Menominee yeah. Falls or Wauwatosa. Yeah. Set. Sad man, I don't know. They do that to the inner city, like they, the gas in the inner city be higher for a longer period of time. Then they decide to drop it. You know, just stuff like that. The the access to food, they make food that's not good for you cheaper and readily accessible versus the stuff you actually supposed to eat. Fruits, vegetables, stuff like that costs way right. more. Money, right? Then they say, oh, you can't have food stamps to buy this stuff. Right, and I, and I and I've noticed like so like I was I was driving home, and there was this um, gas station on State Street near Marquette University, and their gas is two ninety nine a gallon, but if you were to go further north into like the suburban, what's I say further west into the suburban areas, 
gas is literally like almost 30 cents cheaper in a suburban area than it is in inner city where there's mostly minority people that, that lives there. And 30 cents make a difference from paycheck to paycheck, okay? That Absolutely. it does. Absolutely. And speaking of people uh, working paycheck to paycheck, let's talk about rent. So, Ooh, child. So there was this this thing that went around was saying basically uh, how much how much basically seventeen hundred dollars a month of, of apartment. What can you get in different cities for seventeen hundred dollars a month for rent? Mm-hmm. So. I'm just I'm gonna go I'm gonna go through the cities and we can we gonna discuss this. So in Kansas City, um, for seventeen hundred dollars you can get a one thousand eight hundred forty one square foot square feet apartment, which basically sounds like a small two bedroom apartment, and probably not even in a decent area. Mm-hmm. I have never been to Kansas City, but if there's anything like I've been to St. Louis and. I don't remember seeing no good parts of St. Louis unless you're downtown or by the St. Louis Arch. But it doesn't sound like a really good area. Mm-hmm. Um, Los Angeles, for $1,700, you can get a 326 square feet apartment, which basically it sounds like a studio apartment. So, how much? This is all based off of seventeen hundred dollars a month in all these different states. Okay, you said in Los Angeles, right? Yeah, Los Angeles is three hundred twenty-six square feet. That sounds that sounds about right for LA. In in Philadelphia, you can get a one thousand square foot apartment for seventeen hundred dollars. In New York, you can get from two hundred to two hundred and thirty-five square feet apartment in New York City. In Memphis, Tennessee, and Oklahoma, you can get approximately 2,000 square feet. In the Chicago, Inglewood, Inglewood area, you can get 1,376 uh, square foot apartment in some areas. And then if you're into the deeper part of Chicago, where it's like the more uppity part, it's 459 square feet of space you can get for an apartment. So... So mind you, in in San Francisco, in California, San Francisco, California, a seventeen hundred dollars will basically get you, like I said, a studio. I know for sure it's only a studio apartment. If you want a one or two bedroom apartment, or even to rent a house, you're gonna be looking at over two grand a month just for a basic one bedroom or two bedroom apartment, and that does not include utilities and all the other things that you would think go with it. So, do the government or needs to pass a bill? Do our Senate or Congress needs to pass a bill for rent control? So, rent yes, is outrageous. Um, I know Walmart CEO was saying that uh, deflation, because they said like the price of goods were going down. He's saying this would be terrible for the economy. I'm like, I don't know why would that be terrible for economy. You're just mad that the prices are going down because that's less money in your pocket, but an average citizen can't afford to live right now with the cost of rent and the cost of food. Like they did a thing where for, what was it, Home Alone 2, where he went to the grocery store by his stuff and he bought some groceries and it came out to like 14 or $19 or some change. And then if you do the, you know, the with inflation in 2023, the same stuff that he paid 14 to $19 will cost you 76 to 86, 80 dollars 
for those exact same products. But she only bought like six products, I believe. So that brings it to do we yes. need to rent control and then is deflation bad for the economy according to the Walmart CEO? So a couple of things, right? If deflation is actually happening, I think they should pass a bill to make these big companies or, you know, the housing, um, not the housing department, but just housing in general, um, things like, so even cars, right? Trying to rent or um, buy or lease a car has gone up as well, right? Everything has gone mm -hmm. up because of inflation. So they should, if they, they be decrease in cars too within the next year or two that they're claiming. So I feel like, yes, once the deflation starts to happen, there should be a bill stating or giving a cap off of what per square foot per um, by city or region or whatever, because cost of living is different, you know, everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like I can go to California and get paid way more than I get paid here. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So you got to kind of like even that out. Um, I feel like the Department of um, the Workforce mm -hmm. Labor, the Labor Department should be involved in that kind of looking at seeing what the average person is making because they, they bust it down by um, state, um, region, interstate, and job, right? So just kind of looking at what the average salary is going there and then just kind of like put a cap on um i'm putting a cap on the size of the the dwelling and uh -huh. the area especially if deflation is happening that's great so it's like you know if your water is included or whatever it is in the cost of whatever you know the um sewage and you know the cleaning and all of that stuff hi and the water uh -huh. usage goes down then yes, my rent needs to go down because a lot of times if you're paying rent, you don't pay your water bill, right? Or right. like the so a lot of people if they don't if they don't outright own their home, Torian, if they don't outright own their home, they're like my mortgage is. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's like a lot of people have to raise the cost of rent so that they can have the same profit. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that should be all over the board. If deflation is happening, then yes, all of these companies should bring back prices back to like prior to the pandemic or the government needs to put out grants or something out there for these companies to give their their employees a cost of living wage increase so that we can live a little bit more comfortably for the inflation because that's crazy. People need to eat People need to be able to travel to and from work, whatever they need to do, right? And mm -hmm. people got to have a roof over their head. Plus, like, my health insurance went up. Like, all of that stuff. It matters. So, it's like, people look at my salary that I make per year, and they like, oh, blah, 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 blah. But, no, you need to factor in, like, the cost for everything has went up for me mm -hmm. as well. So, it's like, it just offsets it. It's like, I'm not making any progress yes i get raises but it's like i can't make any progress because of the um increase in prices and all everything all 
all parts of the economy. And I was just talking about this earlier. You know, I wanted to know, I wanted to see if I can look into kind of like the studies from other pandemics and seeing how long it took for the economy to rebound. Mm-hmm. You know, and like, I know the housing market is kind of coming back down. So like a lot of, I know, I believe like the, the interest rate is still kind of, mm, but it's kind of coming down a little bit, but it's nothing like when I bought my home and also the cost of homes is coming back down a little bit. Now I noticed that cause I keep track of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. I do see deflation happening. Um, but I mean like groceries for my home, six, $700 a month. Easy, easy. And that's not including all the extra stuff. Oh, we want to eat out or we want to, you know, stuff like that. That's just groceries. So yes, I do feel like it should be, I feel like it should be a cap. Absolutely. What do you think? So I think deflation is good. I think the government do need to step step in and do some more regulations. I don't understand is that when we went through this whole worldwide pandemic, that we are still seeing these increases in prices and things of this nature. You would think that during the pandemic, we wouldn't see these prices, considering that, you know, yes, there were people who lost their job. Here's the thing. I don't understand how our economy got so bad when we were only shut down for a month i don't even think it was a full two months it was literally a month yes we did we had to go through social distancing but restaurants and stuff were able to open up so yes you couldn't sit out and you can sit inside the restaurant and eat or as limited amount of people you can have but then that's when they people got creative and started opening up these little decks and stuff outside the restaurants so where they could still have their normal capacity and be able to operate and then they were saying that due to the pandemic, a lot of people wasn't really willing to go back to their jobs after the pandemic was over. And I'm like, in some cases, I can see that because once again, these jobs are not paying to live in America the cost, with the cost of living. Um, I think that some people just during that pandemic the reason why they didn't return to their fields they took that time to better themselves and to get better jobs during that time period or to learn new skills during that time period and went and got a better job um but yes when it comes to uh, the whole deflation thing i feel like it's a good thing for the economy uh, I feel like the government should have stepped in a long time ago to help this whole price of living, bring down the price of living, the cost of living, and this whole deflation. And then there's one more thing before we uh, head yeah, into the hot yeah, topics. Yeah, yeah. Um, Walmart and Target were one of the two companies during Black Friday that tried to take advantage of shoppers where they went to the shoppers went and was looking at tvs and they pulled uh the the what the sales tag out and they revealed that the sales said the black friday sale and a regular price for this exact same price so even these big large box stores are still taking advantage of people and i feel like it's stealing money is robbing people and I feel like the government saw that and was like, eh, ain't nothing we're going to do about it. it that's, just, that's just life, basically. Let's just screw, screw the little people. And I'm, it's, it's, it's sickening. 
you got to think about it. Corporations like that probably got they, the government in their pocket some kind of way, right? Of Those course. are very major, large corporations. So, yeah, I can see that, you know. Um, but it's just, so it's just a vicious cycle when people don't have what they need, they take. Mm-hmm. And which is why we saw the crime increases over, over the last two years since then yeah and i feel like that's why a lot of like especially when it comes to you know a lot of murders and stuff that happen like and all these other kind of things is because people are out here robbing and shooting and killing to get what they need and like for for example people like people like where we live at people will say oh it's so bad it's so terrible and all these other kinds of things and i feel like Unless you, it's, it's only bad and terrible for the people who live in the areas of the city where I feel like is where poverty is real. And I feel like those are really the only people that's so not saying that other people are not having a hard time or having a, having a hard time coming up with how to feed their kids and all these other kind of things. They just have it a little bit worse than what we have. You know, they might live in an area where it's a food desert. They might not have access to a grocery store where they can get fresh food and all these other kind of things. They might not have the resources that other areas have. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. once again, it's either, hey, you know, somebody in the community can be like, hey, well, let me go open up a grocery store. But once again, things are so expensive. So start a business these days. And age is darling. You just, it's so hard, darling. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But I feel like, and, and and I feel like not. You can't really depend on the government to like kind of do everything and step in. So that's why we need to go back to our communities, actually stepping up and taking care of each other. You know, and doing it like and over in Detroit. You know, they were like, oh, they the the government in Detroit, the governor and stuff. They only care about making downtown Detroit look beautiful and making sure that, you know, the touristy areas are beautiful, but they're not thinking about outside of the downtown area. So these, there are people in that community who are like, okay, you know what? I'm going to start, you know, somebody started a composting uh, thing where they can make fresh dirt and it was sent it to local, you know, farms, like farming areas around their, uh, the community where they were growing fresh vegetables and fruits and stuff for their community and was selling it at a cheaper price than what they would get at a grocery store. So these were people looking out for their community, finding ways to help feed their community. And I feel like if these communities start learning how to band together and work together and come up with a plan together, then maybe we start seeing some change. We can start fighting back against the government because what if we stop depending on them to come in and fix our problems and we fix our own problems, what do we need them for? That's true. That's true. That's 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 very true. Becoming self-sustained community. And I mean, it happens in small, like, certain cultures, right? Do it. Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the different cultures within the envelope of the Asian culture. You know, mm-hmm. they're really good at farm. Even here in our community, you see they're farming their own land. They got plots. You know, they raising different things um, within the within the um, African American community. Like we had a farmers market that came up to our job several times, right? 
mm-hmm. and had a plethora of fruits and vegetables. I went out there and, you know what I'm saying? I patronized their business. You know, I was talking to the guy and I guess they have, um, it's kind of like a, a program where they actually have students and the students were the ones that were growing the food. Mm-hmm. Which I which I feel like is dope, right? I feel like I think it's dope. High School has something like that too. They had like a, a greenhouse for like growing uh, vegetables and stuff like that. Yeah, so I think I think that's a very very dope idea. You know, that's something that I would love to do. I would love to, you know, start small with certain vegetables and stuff like that. I have fruit trees in my backyard. You know, so mm-hmm. just knowing how to farming is a skill that has gotten away from a lot of us because we rely on mass production. It's a lot easier for us because well, we gotta spend at least forty hours a week at a job. When you got time to farm, funny <laughs> forty plus hours a week at a job. The way how this economy going, and some of these people, uh, I have a like I have coworkers. You know, like some of them are making at least nineteen twenty dollars an hour and still are working a second job to stay ahead. Yeah, to not feel like they're drowning, and I, and it, it's just. It's a struggle out here, and I feel like we, the government, y'all need, they need to do better. Yeah, they do. They do. And I mean, I feel like now, because it's like you, it, it's the, the, the pandemic has been declared over, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, we need to get back to regular life you know it's a lot of things in regular life but we we just we can't survive and i've been seeing a lot of vlogs like on social media sites where it's people it's people that are like we have no idea how people with kids are surviving you know period you know things like that like i just see i don't know when i was coming up you saw I saw many more teenage pregnancies and, you know, multiple children. Now I'm meeting people, you know, that's coming up on their thirties. They don't have any kids, don't want any kids, you know, just don't want to get married, you know, things like that. So just the whole idea of a nuclear family is kind of going by the wayside. And it's just because it's too expensive to have a family. Mm hmm. And it's and it's crazy. It, it's I'm it's crazy. I'm one of those people in my thirties that don't want a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't wanted kids since before. <laughs> that is not an option for me. No. So it's like, but you know, and that's kind of sad to me. It's like absolutely, it's hard for people to take if they have families take their kids on vacations, like. It's just, it's terrible. Like the way of life is wild for us to be so far into the future. Like, I'm like, I want to go back. And not even because I was younger and I didn't have any responsibilities. I just knew the world was better than what it is now. 100%. You know, it was the streets were safer. I can go outside and play. I can do this, that, and the other. You know, just a lot of that. And it's like everybody got the whole mindset, rob, steal, kill, you know, to feed their family. And it's like, you know, I don't want nobody to do that to me, but I, you know, you people, that's their last resort. They got to do what they got to do 
to raise their family. Like a lot of these resources are, are tapped out and running out of money. Housing resources, you know, like I said, they're not giving out food stamps like that anymore. And it's like these people's situations hasn't changed since you declared the pandemic is over. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, what do you do? And I know you like, well, we can't keep on extending it. Okay, within in the amount of time that you were extending these resources and benefits, you didn't do anything to prepare for the rebound from being in a pandemic, and you knew it was coming. You mm -hmm. knew it was coming. So you didn't place any fail safe. You just kept telling us it's gonna end, it's gonna end, it's gonna end, and it's like you're gonna yeah, ain't let no everybody in place to figure it out. Because y'all didn't think about them people who were used to get those emergency stamps, but they were getting food stamps two, three times a month, and they were used to having that extra cushion where I don't have to spend as much cash to feed my family. And now it's like, y'all don't stop this. And now I got to pay out of pocket now a lot of money out of pocket to feed my family. And I don't know how I'm going to do that with, yeah, the, and with, it, the, with the price of food the way it is. And it wasn't to me, it might have seemed gradual to other people. To me, it wasn't a, a gradual change. It was just like a sharp drop off. And now all of a sudden you got to learn how to live this way. And you just like, okay, I make this amount of money. What am I spending my money on? You know, mm -hmm. I'm buying the same things. I'm going to same places. And it's like, uh, I used to see this amount of money extra at the end of my month in my budget. And it's like, you got to redo your budget. Your budget is shot. Like it, it's, it's crazy, but you mm -hmm. can't, you can't skip on the things that you got. Yeah, you can give uh, up some things that are recreational. Yeah, but even when you give up the stuff that's recreational, you still like, well, what am I spending my money on? You know, just the, the bare necessities of just sustaining life. Like you said, it's crazy as wow. And it's not just including rent. And it's like, that's where the majority of people's money is going because the rent increased. So they can't even afford oh i need dishwashing detergent i need this i need that now you got to try to budget that stuff out gas you know yeah. what i'm saying and if you a large quantity of uh dishwasher like detergent you're going to pay like 20 bucks just for one thing of quality detergent or it might say oh you get 160 loads out of this but it's still like 18 to 20 dollars for that 160 loads of laundry doing their own laundry and they don't pay attention to the measuring lines and they just pour some stuff in there like that that jug of detergent equals out to like two weeks in washing mm -hmm. that's not that's not 160 loaves okay exactly so it's just you know it's crazy it it's it's wild it's crazy it's just and even for the people who are homeowners like i said my mortgage went up but then the cost of sustaining everything like lights gas water you know um just maintaining my property just all of that went up so man i don't know so then it's like when you got somebody that make money you know i i know a lot of people at my job that make decent living you know you make a good living but then they're like oh i still need to work a second job like you know and you in the six figures and you telling me you need to work a second job some some 
the, the, the economy is fucked up. <laughs> it's terrible, it's man. All, it's bad. That's all we can say. Oh, because we already into an hour. We, we got to get into hot topics real fast. So let's okay. move into hot topics, everybody. Well, like if you been, <laughs> yay! Well, if you've been under a rug lately, coming out on Christmas Day, not only do we have Aquaman two, the color oh, wow. purple is releasing on Christmas Day, starring Haley Bailey, Fantasia, Tarachi P Henson, Danielle Brooks, uh, her, Sierra, Tamula Man. Uh, I might be missing some more people, but those that's the cast of the color purple. I saw the trailer, and I, I hate to. I, I feel like this movie is only gonna make money because the amount of star power that they put into this movie. As in, did we need this remake? To be honest, no. Uh, it just ne- nothing's it, gonna top the original. I'm sorry. It's not right. You're right. It's not gonna top the original, and I feel like Fantasia only got the role of Seely because she played Seely on the Broadway version of The Color Purple. I just I'm 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 like this is I feel like this is one of those things where they were like you know what we know this not gonna be good as the last one as the original or or no matter how we try to do it it might not be good in general so let's just put a bunch of well known people into this movie and hope that this will sell tickets is what I saw when it came to this project am I gonna go am I gonna watch it. I'm probably not gonna go to the theaters and see it, but once it's on a streaming service, I will watch it. Whatever streaming service they end up on, I will probably watch it. But far as going to go pay the citizen in the theater, no, I will probably go spend my money more than likely seeing Aquaman instead. So <laughs> I agree with you 100 percent I'm a Marvel DC comic fan. I love it, I love it, I love it. And I know I know what to expect when I go see one of those movies, right? Mm-hmm. It's not very little movie, very little movies from the Marvel DC universe that have disappointed me, you know. Right. So yeah, I would probably spend my money on something like that. Um, the color purple, you know, I feel like so when it comes down to movies like that, I feel like in our community that that was like, oh, you never saw it. Well, you're not black, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, it's a long movie. You know, I've seen it, I don't know how many times throughout my life. And it's a good movie, but I feel like it was a good movie because I I feel like the people that was in it, right? Whoopi, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Oprah, like, I feel uh, like they had Whoop- the raw. Whoopi has huh? been canceled by millennials, by the way. We canceled Whoopi. Why? Oh, because Whoopi called millennials lazy and said that they don't want to work. And then we got mad when when millennials tried to defend themselves. She cut, tried, kept trying to cut them off or overtalk the millennials that was there on the table at the little panel thing. And basically, she was like, a lot of millennials are saying, we don't want to work. It's not that we don't want to work. We want to be able to work and live and be able to survive and be able to, to basically be able to afford to live. And because we can't afford to live off these jobs, we're not going to work these jobs. We're going to go do what we can to become 
uh, our own bosses or self-employed or figure out ways to make money without having to work for these large corporations or do these type of jobs that you guys did back in the 50s and 60s and made and was able to go buy you a $40,000 house that's now worth $300,000. So, yeah, so she got canceled. Whoopi so, canceled. I, so I can't cancel Whoopi. I'm sorry. I can't. I feel like she's made leaps and bounds and bounds within um the movie but, you know actress but my whole thing is like whoopi you have had money for so long i feel like people like her shouldn't say anything about what's going on in today's world because she is so disconnected from today's okay. economy and in society mm -hmm. she's not affected by it so i can't say she's disconnected is she affected by it? Probably not to the extent that most of. But no, you can't say that. You cannot say she don't understand what struggle is, right? We're gonna rewind that because she definitely. So we're talking about Whoopi, right? So Whoopi got into. I feel like Whoopi got. She had to fight her way into acting, right? She had to be good at what she did, only because you know people when they typecast right that's what they call it mm -hmm. so she probably got into a lot of roles because they typecasted her color purple being one of them right mm -hmm. okay but she was wasn't she the first african-american woman to get egot status i have no idea like i'm not knocking her career i'm not saying it like I feel like the struggle from that she experienced in what the early 80s, late 70s compared to the struggles of today, she's just not, you're, she's disconnected from it. Like she don't know how it feels to, you know, to say like, oh, I just got a $1,600 check and all I did was pay two bills out of $1,600. I can't even pay, I can't even eat, don't have money to eat. So she may not be doing that right now, but look, okay. So how old is she? Like, you She's know what I'm saying? She's in her sixties. Okay. So she, it's not like she never experienced that. I'm pretty sure that was one of her driving and motivating forces to get mm -hmm. out of poverty. Right. But this is something that I can't say. I can never turn around and tell my parents, like, you don't understand what the struggle is like, because my parents had to go through a lot of stuff that i would never have to experience because they went through that stuff and they fought for me to not have to experience it mm -hmm. so so that's my take on that like that's why i'm saying i can never cancel i could never cancel her like for just saying that because i'm gonna be honest it is a lot of people out here that don't want to work you know you do see a shift in how long children are staying at home and depending on their, their parents, you know, you do see a shift in, I mean, to be honest with you, like when we think so, but there are kids people, who are at adult age and stay at home with their parents and still work a full time job and yet still struggle. So, and again, <laughs> so, so, and then, and again, I feel like yes and no, but let's go back to how families were back then. A lot of times 
so it was what changed what it was customary to get out at a certain age for a woman to be married have kids so on and so forth so i feel like that whole dynamic has changed like i said people don't want to get married don't want to have kids you know for whatever the reason is they feel like it's too expensive it's not for them so on and so forth so then it's kind of like well i don't have to leave home because I'm not married. I don't have kids. I am actively working. And a lot of times that's all a parent really wants to see is they will provide that cushion for their child as long as they're doing something productive with their life. Right. So mm -hmm. a lot of time, you know, that the saying that you can always come home. You know, it's been times when people have ventured out on their own and they failed, they come back home. That is always supposed to be a safe space for a child given to their parents i feel like right so i mean there are a lot of people who just are not uh, even attempting that i feel like i feel like mm -hmm. a lot of kids or people don't even want to try to put their foot in the water and then come back put their foot in the water and come back and maybe she wasn't you know just to say millennials period it's a broad representation of people but i mean millennials is you tell me you're pretty good for that from from what birth year to what birth year um because it's crazy because i don't i think she grouped millennials with the now that's 19 20 21 22 year olds who are considered gen z's and not millennials so I think she's trying to group Gen Z's and millennials together because I don't think it dawned in her head to realize that the oldest millennials are in their 40s. So I don't, I think she's looking at these. So kids I mean, I thought I was Generation X and I no, figured out I was a millennial. Yeah, you're right? a millennial. So yeah, so, right. And I think that she's grouping millennials with Gen Z's, which, which is the generation that's now 18, 19, 20, and 21 as opposed to being a work field. And then the thing about it is what I feel like to me, I hate to say it, but Gen Z is probably one of the smartest generations that's out here. And they don't get enough credit for their smartness. Why, why do you hate to say it? Because they, well, they but, figured they figured out the loopholes in the system. Right. They figured period. out they right. They 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 figured it out. We wasn't able to figure it out. Like we were still it wasn't brought even up that. on we were brought I think up it was, on, you know, you go to school. You go to school, you go to high school, you graduate, you go to college, you, you get a good job, and so on. And then they figured out, like, hold up, that system doesn't work for us in 2000, at that time, what, 2015, 16, or somewhere around that time, when they became adults. Uh, that doesn't work for us. They figured, they figured it out. And to be honest, this was a generation that figured out, like, hey, I can make my own money and be and take care of myself and not work these jobs that mom and dad expect me to work and work or get a you know a career in that was a, a considered a career for them back in the sixties and seventies and eighties or whatever. They figured out a way to basically survive without working a nine to five job, which is fine <laughs> because honestly, back in the day, like my grandparents they didn't work a nine to five job they had a fucking look you get what i'm saying mm -hmm. so i kind of feel like what it is is my the millennials right most of our parents were boomers right
So my parents were boomers, right? Yeah. So, so I feel most millennial parents to are actually Gen X because a lot of Gen X were having kids very young. Okay. My but, parents are boomers. Yeah, for me, so for me and you, yeah, we have boomer parents. So I feel like what it is like with me and you, right? We had older parents and you got to think about it. Morals, beliefs, values are passed down from the parents to the child. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now when we had kids, it's not that Gen Z figured it out themselves. We probably figured it out and was like, yo, I'm not, you know, this, that, and the other. We, I teach my kids, you know, I try to get my kids to do entrepreneurship. Me, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? So it's not that they want, don't want to work. It's just the economy is shifting. A lot of hard blue collar type of jobs, factory, you know, railroad, things like that, like trade skills were kind of fading out when I was coming out of high school. You know, it was more of you had to go to college, you know, you had to do this, do this, do that, do that. More academic based um, careers were coming into the flow of things. Now I kind of feel like trades are coming back especially because of the pandemic so truck drivers you know things like that it mattered because it was it was um a need for more skilled laborers right because it's a dying art yeah, yeah and but, they, i think they're also looking at it as saying i go to school and i spend four years in school and i get this degree and i'm still struggling so that's what i'm saying so i don't feel like in. they figured it out i feel like we figured it out because I sit down and I talk to my kids. What is it that you want to do? You know, if you go to school this amount of time and you get a, a skill trade, you make just as, you know, that's, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? That's kind of what I feel like that's what we instilled. And that's what we instilled. I instilled into my kids because my kids are Gen Z. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't feel like they don't want to work. Like you said, it is, you know, she can't group everybody into that. But I do feel like it's just the shift of things. But you got to think about like the internet wasn't readily accessible. What I was in eighth grade when the internet dial-up came live, like the public, the internet actually went public. Like right. it has, technology has made so many leaps and bounds so that it's how jobs are people are working remotely you know and, this that, and the other and it's crazy because even for me in high school internet still internet in the in a home still wasn't an affordable thing like everybody didn't have internet in their homes even when i was in high school like internet didn't become affordable i say to at least 2013 or 14 and that's when you started seeing every single last household at least have internet start having internet in their houses so I was I was lucky, right? I had I had the internet. Like had I, had the dial -up. Dial -up I had a desktop. Yeah, we had the and all that noise. You could be on the phone and stuff while you was on the internet. Like we had that in our houses, but at the time, that's because we were fortunate enough to be able to afford it. But there were yes. a lot of people who couldn't afford to get a desktop computer or to afford to get the internet at that at, during that time period and i feel like 
internet didn't become affordable until after the 2010s, really. That's when every single last household started having internet, where it was affordable for all most households to have internet, even low income households. Like low income households didn't have internet really before 2010. So I agree with that and I agree. So this is what I saw right, with my kids. My kids went to a school, right, that was based on technology from what K4 to eighth grade, right? So they were each given their own laptop in class. There were there were no traditional textbooks, no nothing. Everything was online. So I feel like that's when I really saw the shift and it became a little bit more affordable, right, for families. Now let's fast forward to the pandemic when they had the pandemic. The schools gave my kids laptops to bring home. Mm -hmm. Even though I had access to the internet, I had I had you know laptop. I always had those things. So they made sure that they can continue their education by renting them out. Now we're gonna fast forward. We passed the pandemic. I got one that just came out of high school. The other one is still in high school. But even though the pandemic was over, they still get laptops free of charge to bring home to do things so i feel like it has changed a lot and i feel like that's what really caused the shift because like you said it is readily more readily available and plus like these companies that offer internet have you know if you are low income you get like certain discounts and stuff like that mm -hmm. um before that started happening my cell phone company um will offer like hot spots mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and then when the pandemic hit if you didn't have internet at all they gave a hot spot to your to your child to get on the internet you see what i'm saying so mm -hmm. just kind of like just kind of like all of that stuff so i feel like that what you know just accessibility like you said to the internet did cause a shift uh, but I can't cancel. I can't. I can't cancel Whoopi because of that. But let's get back to the oh. color purple action movie because we kind of we went through that. But yeah, I agree with you that that is something that I'm. I would watch at home with my family, you know. And I feel like that, you know, if I watch it the first time, I'm gonna keep streaming it and watching it and watching it and watching it and watching it, you know. Um, it may be good. You never know. I'm really curious to see how much of the original movie that they actually follow. <laughs> how much they should keep. <laughs> yeah, you know, it would have been interesting to kind of see a modern twist on it mm -hmm. without, you know, just the modern actors, like replacing the old actors with the modern actors. It would have been really nice for somebody to sit down and rewrite that script so it had a modern twist that ap appealed to these millennials that they feel like is not like not how they doing did the stars born. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, so I think that would have been a it would have been difficult to do, but I feel like if yeah, I mean, and then you had the whole writers strike and all of this stuff going on, but they still finished it, and I hope they didn't rush to finish it just to beat it that deadline to get it out on Christmas Day, which I think is pretty dope opening I, up on Christmas Day. I think it was already finished being filmed before the writers thing. They couldn't promote it like they like when during the writer's strike, they wasn't able to talk about upcoming projects. They couldn't promote it. They couldn't do any of this. They couldn't talk about nothing. 
So that's okay. why I, I think it, they it's, it was done before then. Um, well, I feel like if they do it like a musical, because they got a lot of singing stars in there, I think it'd be mm-hmm. dope. Oh, I don't like musical. Please don't hope. Please don't let it be a musical. Oh, oh. <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna turn this quick session over to Tina right now because she actually listened to this uh, album. So Nicki Minaj recently dropped Pink Friday Two. I have not listened to it yet. She has. So I'm gonna let her give her review of Pink Friday. Okay, so Pink Friday 2 came out on December 8th, which was actually Nicki Minaj's birthday. Um, If you are a Barb or a Nicki fan or whatever you want to call it, um, she actually pushed back her album for a couple of reasons. Um, She wanted to make sure she finished up her, you know, picked the the right songs to go on her album. And then she actually didn't want to release it at the same time that Lil Wayne and Two Chains had their collab album, which is called Collie Grove, which is also kind of dope. Y'all need to go listen to that. I feel like that's that's really great. Um, so I listened to it. I streamed it when it came out. I think I listened to half of the album, and then you know I had the responsibilities, and then I got around into listening to the other half. I've been streaming it since the eighth, um, and I feel like it's dope. So the one thing about Nicki Minaj that I noticed is that she's a lyricist, right? I listen, I can, the reason why I listen and I listen and I listen to it is because you, every time you listen to it, you catch something else that she said, right? Kind of like the female Wayne, like she used to say when she first came out. Um, and it's like, you catch it and you'd be like, oh, did she really say that? Did she, did she, that's hot. That's, you know. So that's what I like about Nicki Minaj as an artist. I really like her her um, ability to do all different types of music. Um, I like her ability to appease to all different types of crowds. I like her transitions in her music. Like when I listen to one song, I feel like I hear two or three different songs because she transitions and gives different flows, different beats. Uh, and I just feel like, you know, it's one of those things where I hate for a person to listen to something one time and then want to give their reaction to it. I feel like, you know, any album, I feel like that's everybody album, listen to it more than once in different environments, different situations, listening to it at home, listen to it when you lay in the bed, listen to it when you're getting ready for work, listen to it in the car, listen to it at the club. You know, you kind of get you know, a love and a feel for where she's coming from for these different songs. So, um, I mean, and then also she just released her tour date. She's, she is coming to our city. I did get ready to secure my ticket for that tour. Um, only because a couple of reasons it might be her last one. You never know. Right. Um, but I also just kind of feel like that during these few months, just seeing her promote her album now, you know, she's going to talk to, you know, predominantly, she's giving the scoop to Black people first, which I really love, you know, up and coming um, people in the social media, like doing interviews, doing vlogs, you know, things like that, which I also think is pretty dope to get out there because she's smart. She know how to reach the audience, you know, what her audience likes and follows and things like that, like Funny Marco, 
Um, and then she did a live stream. Like I think, um, what is his name? Offset did a live stream with this guy. He's he's kind of. I think they do it on a. I can't remember the platform that he's on. I, I feel like it's a um a platform for video games. I can't remember the name of it. Is it Discord? No, it's not Discord. It's something else. I can't remember. But um I feel like she has an awesome, awesome way to market. I feel like her pushing it back even raised the anticipation of her album. I've seen a lot. I mean, she has a massive following, you know. I've seen a lot of good, you know, reviews on it just from, you know, people like you and me. Um, I feel like the very first song is kind of like her inviting you in into how she feels. And I want to say that first song has something to do with, I believe her father had passed, if I'm not mistaken, but very touching just very you know letting her guard down and i mean i feel like she's a great artist i've followed her from her mixtape days like you know and it's just like it's hard i feel like a lot of people look at her as being petty a hater this that, and the other when it comes to other artists and stuff like that and i kind of look at it on the flip side like kind of like how Cardi fans was the ones being a hater because they went and bought a whole bunch of Cardi B albums to what that way that Nicki Minaj album couldn't debut at number one. So I feel like this, right? So going back to the whole Whoopi and she feel like millennials don't work. So I mean, Nicki, I think she's like a year or two older than me or something like that. And the way she had to grind to even get recognition, you know, at that time when she came out, it was flooded with men, right? You had very mm -hmm. few female artists that were able to do underground mixtapes, this, that, and the other, so on and so forth, and hold their own. She held her own, you know? I feel like a lot of these female artists that are coming out right now um, are gaining recognition because there's a void in actually really good male hip-hop music, you know? I, to be honest, I cannot think of one female hip hop artist doing during Nicki Minaj's um, her that era where she was like popping, popping like when she was featured on every, every nearly every song during the summer. I cannot think of one female hip hop artist from that era besides Little Kim Eve. Other than that, and they wasn't really making music like that then. So I really can't think of one really one female artist or hip hop artist during that time. So I feel like the only artist that made it, and I mean Kim, I mean Kim, Kim got Kim got some flow, right? I feel like yeah, but she Nikki, wasn't like during that time period when Nicki Minaj was on the up and up, and you like heard like during the whole Pink Friday era, the original Pink Friday era. <laughs> I, I just can't think besides like little Kim was putting stuff out. Eve was putting, I think Eve was still doing music a little bit every now and then, but it's like, I can't think of not one female hip hop artist. Like when BET did the BET awards, you know, little Kim and Eve was getting nominated and they always did best female hip hop artists and Nikki won every year. Like, I can't remember who was even, she was even in a in category being nominated with her. Like, I can't think of one artist. During that and you know, for the longest, they didn't, they didn't give her an award. 
you know, so I just feel like Nikki, when she throwing shade or whatever you want to call it, she just it's just saying like, you know, like step your game up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like bring it. You know what I'm saying? She did. So for what I understand, she writes her own rhymes. Right. Because, I mean, honestly, over the course of so many years, all of her raps, I can't say they sound the same, but you know that's, that she wrote it. It's nothing out of the ordinary that you don't expect from Nikki. And just the fact that, you know, she, they like, they, she always want to talk about um, how, uh, these, like, you know, these females can amount to me, blah, 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 blah. And I get it. I mean, honestly, I would rather hear that then at that time she was untouchable like who was touching her at the time and then the thing about like one of the things i hear is like oh well nikki ain't got no grammy so she ain't the good because cardi b and all them and, and megan Thee stallion they got grammys i was like which i don't understand how and why which i understand during that time period i understand why nikki doesn't have one because at the time nikki had real competition she was competing with Drake, that's true. J. Cole, uh, Lil true. Wayne was still dropping albums. Like we had heavy hitters dropping albums at that time. Like Eminem, I think, had dropped the album during that time. That's true. That's true. So that's true. She had, that's I true. feel like she had more male competition in a male-dominated industry where she was nominated in a category that was majority males being nominated in, compared to the Grammys. And now, and I feel uh, to be honest, I feel like when it comes to competition, like really Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, it's just I feel like it was is it was easy. Nicki Minaj made it easier for y'all to be able to win Grammys as female hip hop artists. Yes, I agree. I agree, I, and she like, does. I, I used to be one of those people who made fun of Nicki for not having one, but. I'm able to admit that I was wrong and realize that the reason why it's easier for a female artist now to win these awards is because Nick, Nicki Minaj literally held the female hip hop industry on her back for that time period. And, and she did. And I, and like I said, like getting like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion, like yeah, y'all can rap or whatever. But to me, Nicki Minaj, she not only does she rap, she can sing, she's a better actress. She actually put on these videos where it's almost like a, a, a like the theatrical mini movie, like, 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 like back in the day. Like, yeah, like mini movies and stuff like that. She was very creative, and I feel like she she brought attention to female hip hop during her time period. It, and I feel like the reason why she doesn't have a Grammy is because the world wasn't ready for what she was doing. I feel like Nikki was ahead of her time. Now, if Nikki was doing that stuff she was doing then and was doing it now in this day and age and say like Nicki Minaj was younger, I'm, I'm sorry, Nicki Minaj still would be dominating like how she was then with the stuff that she's doing with that she was doing back then. Yeah. And then, Another reason you know, why they didn't have a Grammy because they got mad because they did not want her. She performed, I believe, Roman's Revenge on, I believe it was the Grammys, or when they asked her to perform something else, and she said, I'm not doing that. And they told her, Well, if you're not doing it, you're not going to perform. So I, so I guess she told them she was going to change the song that she was going to perform. Then she ended up uh, uh, performing that 
Roman, no, they didn't want her to perform Roman's Revenge. They wanted, yeah, wanted her to perform something else. And she said, I guess they forced her to change it. And I guess she said she's going to change it. But she ended up performing that song anyways, and they didn't like it. And mm-hmm. ever since then, that's why she, she's been blacklisted from the Grammys. Yeah, that's stupid. I mean, whatever. You know, so, but regardless of why she didn't, you know, she didn't get um, an award, like, she keep pushing, she keep I feel like she, so I feel like Nicki Minaj has never changed who she was. Never. Mm. She's still, she's still the same Nicki Minaj, you know, this, that, and the other. She's always not really ran with a bunch of females. And that's why I'm like kind of shocked when they be like, well, she don't put females on this, that, and the other. She does collapse, you know, she's done things. She's vouched for other female artists, but when she doesn't vouch for what's hot right then then people feel some type of way well just because y'all think that shit is hot don't mean she feel like that's real music okay so mm-hmm. it's a it's a cup you know what i'm saying it's just a couple of like i don't get it like is, she's she, never if you're already an established artist more than likely she's not going to collab with you like like collabing with Beyonce, like she if it's it's only certain people who Nikki is gonna collab with that's uh like if it's like a certain artist comes to her, like who's gonna turn down a, a collab with Beyonce? She she was the one she did it before Megan did, right? Yeah, she, that's what I'm saying. Like who's gonna turn down that collab? Like I feel like Nikki, the collabs that she has done with people was either People that was on the up and up, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna help you because I know me jumping on your track is gonna help uh, get you more established. And then, or it was people within her on that she was on a record label with is who she collabed with. Yeah. Other than that, she she eat up her features. Her features to me sometimes be harder than her album. You know what I'm saying? Like I really feel like, and that's what I was gonna say. She doesn't have many collabs on her album. Mm-mm. It's it's very few. It's she's very always few feature on other people's stuff. Like when it comes to her own music, she don't have a lot of collabs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's mostly just her, but she's always featured on other people's music. Like she said, like me being featured on your track is going to help you sell, get get those sales. It might get you the number one hit that you're looking for. If it don't get you the number one hit, it's going to get you in the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I I don't know. I enjoyed the album. I can't wait to see her in person. You know, I just feel like, you know, people be like her stage presence, this, her stage presence, that. You got to remember, like I said, she has not changed who she was. So it's like you, you got a lot of other artists that get on there and have no stage presence at all. And y'all mm-hmm. still be hooting and hollering over them. Like Nikki is a like true the rappers who walk around back and forth and then they rap to the MP3 track that's playing over the speakers and then it is just no entertainment whatsoever. Like a bunch you of people know, on stage. When I can't remember the name of the um award show that she was at the MTV award she did. She did she hosted the show. It could have been American Music Awards or the MTV Awards. I think it might have okay. been American Music Awards. And she, like, when she did her performances, like, just seeing her in her performances, you know, all her gestures and mannerisms, her faces, like, you can see the raw energy in her raps. You get what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I feel like that—that that is what 
that is what I'm looking for. That is what I love out of her. And I love, I don't need you to be doing all this gyration and this, that, and other. You don't have to have background dancers. You don't, you know, if I feel like you a good ass rapper, I don't need you to have all of this extra shit going on. I want to see her because Just that's when I you, first saw her. A band, you and your microphone. Yeah, that's it. That's how I saw her. You know, mixtapes. It was it was her. It was her out here in these streets. If she did do a video, you know what I'm saying? And like I said, I just I've been loving like, Nikki for like forever. Like artists back in the day, all they had was a band, a background singers, and a microphone in them. And they that's would do it. a whole two hour concert. <laughs> like that. Yes, and they could. And that's what I'm saying. I can't wait to see her because she got so many hits. And I know she's gonna probably perform, you know, a, a large majority off of her album, but I hope she did kind of like Beyonce did. She kind of did back and forth in between them and kind of interconnected. You know, mm -hmm. I would love to see some early, early, early music from her during her concert, be like itty bitty piggy. You know what I'm saying? That was on the um Scotty Beam Me Up um mixtape. Like she used to collab with Gucci a lot. You know what I'm saying? That's one of my other favorite artists. You know, I listened to him when he was still underground and he was he had his own company and this, that, and the other. He was putting out his own music. So that's what I like. I love to see when artists do that and they make it mainstream. And actually their music is better than the people that are mainstream. And it's like she came a long way. She's been doing this for a long time. And I don't understand why people hate on her when they feel like they won't her to be more inviting like she's always been she's always been around a group of men for one because that was her competition she always set her eyes as the men was her competition you get what i'm saying because mm -hmm. that honestly back then that's what it was that's what it was you wasn't gonna get seen unless you was better than your competition you know so now like you said well like i said like you look at these men in a rap game yeah it's it's not hip-hop to me it's really hard for me to listen to a lot of the men first of all everybody is auto-tuned and they mumble like how you auto-tuned and you mumble i don't understand that right and it's i've noticed a lot of like what my kids listen to is things that like i don't know one of my kids was listening to an album or a song and it was Juvenile, right? Juvenile's first debut album he put out. They chopped and screwed. It was terrible. It was like they was taking all his lyrics, then would add some stupid. And I'm just like, you just terrible. Whatever. It just gave me PTSD. I'm like, how dare you? How dare you do this to a classic like this? You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I mean, stream it. You know, I think she, when I looked at it, I know Billboard updates on like Tuesdays, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I'm very eager to see how she do next Tuesday. But I want to say when I looked yesterday, she was number one in Apple Music in 81 countries. She mm -hmm. was the first. She was the first. It was the first female artist um, to ever do that. So she broke a record already. You know what I'm saying? So. And I feel like it's more and more coming. I'm eager to see, you know, more videos and things like that. And I know she's finna prepare for this tour. And I hope she kind of take a page in from Taylor Swift, from um, Beyonce. And I hope she's been 
um, recording some of the things, how she was making her album. I know she go live sometimes and things like that. She has her own podcast. It would be nice to kind of look in a day in the life of Nicki Minaj. It would, you know, since everybody want to say different things. Like, you know, I had my own preconceived notions of Beyonce. I always used to call her a robot, right? So it was nice to kind of see and watch the Beyonce movie and kind of see inside of what she did you know, what her driving force was, how much work it was. Like, so that's what people do want to see, that softer side of you. And I feel like that's what Nicki Minaj kind of offered on this album. It's a mix of all genres. Like, she had, I feel like, some some um, voguing music, you know. I feel like she did songs where she was singing. I feel like she did songs where she was spitting. I feel like she did songs where she was you know, letting people into her life. I feel like she just, she did songs that were more mainstream, you know. I feel like she just kind of, she covered all the bases. And then plus, I think she's letting, she's releasing, she's smart marketing. Now it's like she released that and now she got three extra songs that you can, if you download or buy, like, a, I feel like it's a deluxe album that's coming. Yeah, I remember uh, she was. They were saying that she was gonna release um, a new song every week or something like that, or every mm -hmm. day leading mm -hmm. up to mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. Marketing genius to me, because it's like everybody's still ooh and all and all over. And I want to say it's like twenty. I want to say it's twenty some. I want to say it's almost about twenty some tracks on that album, if I'm not mistaken. It's it's a lot. It's a lot of songs on there. Um, but yeah, I, I give it two thumbs up. Like I'm, I'm a fan of hers. I can't say that, um, a Barb. So, you know what I'm saying? I feel like, um, a little bit more realistic of a person when it comes down and a little bit more honest. I'm just not going to say it's good if it's good just because I like you, but I enjoyed it. I did. I don't know what people were expecting for her but i feel like this is a really i mean she's 47 years old she has a kid she's married i feel like it's a just for her to put out another album i wasn't expecting all right and then speaking of iconic moments mariah carey gave us this iconic moment over uh at her show in madison square garden this is her ariana grande and jennifer hudson singing oh santa live in person for the first time if you don't know that she did a merry christmas special for apple plus and brought these two on and that ariana needs blue. but yeah other than that yeah i'm happy we finally got that iconic moment uh because we need to wrap this up in like at least eight minutes or less okay uh, we're, we're gonna head into Okay, we're going to make this real quick for y'all because I talked too long on the other segments. Um, cold flu season means COVID season, right? So we kind of all saw this coming. It's an uptick in COVID cases. Um, I've noticed that, you know, COVID, the COVID cases have been less as um, serious as when the pandemic first came out. 
Um, they have offered another booster. Um, they did produce it under another name. Um, they did put it in better packaging versus like multi-use valves. Now it's a single use valve or a syringe for people. So it's more like uh, a yearly flu shot, which I kind of saw that coming. It makes sense, right? Um, but there are a lot of people that are coming back positive for this. Um, so absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. You know, quarantine guidelines are still in place by the CDC. If you do come up positive for COVID-19, they want people to quarantine for five days and then you can resume regular activity. Um, but you need to wear a mask for five days after that. Okay. Um, also RSV, I've been seeing an uptick in that. Um, so if you get your home COVID test and you're testing and you're coming back negative, absolutely get yourself still tested for RSV and flu. Um, flu was one of the major pandemics in the early 1900s, killed a lot of people, is very still, still serious out there. If you haven't gotten your flu shot, go get your flu shot. It's very readily accessible at your doctor's office or even um, pharmacies give them out. The pharmacists can give out flu shots like CVS, Walgreens, right? Um, something else I would like to touch upon and I want to do a little bit more research. looks like they have released an RSV vaccine. Um, I don't really know too many specifics, but I urge anybody that is especially dealing with small children to, you know, contact your health professional to discuss RSV, um, as far as that is concerned. Um, and I feel like that's all I got for you for health updates and tips. Where did you go, 469? Oh. Here's the deal. I'm so fucking done right now. Tear this fucking car apart. Do you know one, would you want to know what they reported? What? He didn't rob them of money. They wanted to report to me that the drugs that she was trying to sell him is what he stole. I'm being honest. Rip the fucking car apart. <laughs> 424 to 420. Yeah, go ahead. Quite possibly the dumbest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. Heidi reported that they got robbed again by the guy in the red Cadillac. Come to find out, they want to report that he they got robbed for the drugs they were trying to sell him. It's right here. It's clean. The guy didn't have anything but his paychecks worth of cash on him. <laughs> okay, arrest Heidi for false report. Yeah, we're going to rip through the whole car. You don't have anything at all? Come over here. Let me just check your pockets real quick. Okay? Let me see. I'm done. Oh, y'all arresting her? Come here. Hey, take the cigarette. Here, 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 here. Come here. Come here. Do you have anything on you? I don't have anything on me. Do you have anything in your pockets? I don't. That could poke me, stick me, or stab me? Any no. drugs? No, sir. No? No. You know I don't trust you anymore, right? You know that the trust we had is down the fucking street, right? Yes, sir. What's this? Money. Oh, you've been out here fucking hustling, huh? 
Oh, I'm look broke. at I you. I don't have a job. I got to make it some way. Look at you. Ill-gotten gains. Okay, come here. Slide up in there. Great, you just crawl your ass up in there. Heidi, turn your dumb ass around too. Oh my god, I cannot believe it. Come here. Oh lord. Come here. Oh Jesus. Walk over here. Oh my. You initially reported the crime, yes, which was a I lie. Did because I thought she really you said, got robbed. Yeah, you said she got robbed of money. Yes. Yeah, you lied to me again, huh? You've been oh fucking God. with me all night. Do you have anything in your pockets? No. Uh, King November George. Oh my God. Do you have anything else in your pockets? No, I don't. Okay, come here. Oh Lord. Find me a dumbass up in there too. Great. Oh my. Slide in. Slide. Keep sliding. They found oh something in your car. Here. Oh my God. Your followers can watch you from there. Nothing in the car. Why are you arresting us? Do you know what false report is? Oh do you want me to report? God. Do you want me to? Do you want to be arrested for drug sales or false reporting? No. Oh my God! Dispatch, show me with two in custody. I'm gonna have four, six, nine. Send over the details in a minute after he's gone through their car. It's gonna be two for false reporting. Oh my God! <laughs> I saw that. I said, this was, this is the funny shit. I'm like, who calls the police and report that, hey, I was selling this man crack and he took the crack and ran off with it. Like, who? Ran off from the plug. Oh, my God. That is so funny. First of all, when she said, when she told the two officers that was walking up to the car, like, what happened? The dude with the beer was like, you gotta be fucking lying. <laughs> That that was so the, the so stupid. That was so funny. Oh my god! Like you didn't tell he was ready to quit. Like that shit cannot be fucking happening right now. You was... <laughs> <laughs> oh lord! Funny oh, my god, people. All right, funny. We gotta do a quick thing and final thoughts. Then we are gonna let y'all go for the night. So uh, here we go. Uh, my final thoughts is be kind to one another and we need to start doing more community projects and helping out our own people in our communities. Oh, I like that. Okay, okay. So my final thought is hustle hard, right? Um, the, the right way. We ain't finna rob, steal, and kill nobody out here because every everybody is a human being and they deserve the right to live, right? You live right, do right. Um, and then my other final thought is stay tuned because we only gonna get better, baby. Yay! And with that being said, we will see you guys on the next episode of Same Cast Different Day Podcast. <laughs>